1: Welcome in to another edition of March to Match Day. Back from hiatus because the schedule got a little crazy for both Atlanta United and for me calling Georgia High School State Soccer Championships last week. So welcome back to March to Match Day. This is where we will dig into everything as we get ready for Atlanta and Charlotte on Saturday night. You can listen on 92.9 The Game starting at 7 o'clock for the Five Stripes Countdown. Kickoff 739, full-time report to follow the final whistle, as well as the Unified match to follow the final whistle. You can watch that on atlutd.com slash live, as well as hang out in Mercedes-Benz Stadium and go down and sit between sections 126 and 130 to be part of it and support the Atlanta United Unified team. So let's get ready for Atlanta and Charlotte. Let's start the conversation here on March to Match Day with Gonzalo Pineda talking about some returns this week to training on the training pitch. Yorgos Yakimakis and Brad Gazan and what that brings to the team.
2: We will see. Still have time for, for Brad. It's going to be very difficult. Today was the first day, and it was only with the goalkeeper goalkeeper training. But uh, uh, Yaku he trained here and there this week. Today was full, but uh, still, you know, I, I prefer to be a little more cautious when they're recovering from muscular injuries, uh, especially taking consideration last time. Uh, we felt very comfortable putting in him. He scored a goal, which was great, but then after that, we lost him for a couple of weeks, and he was missed. So I prefer to be more conservative this time uh, on how I use uh, uh, Yaku uh, in his recovery. And uh, hopefully we are fine with that.
1: Next up on March to Match Day, this is Charlotte FC manager Christian Latanzio when asked by our good friend Will Pelagic about a rivalry with Atlanta United and how Latanzio feels about that. Here's Christian Latanzio with his thoughts.
3: Yeah, it is a rivalry. This uh, ultimately is what the fans feel. Uh, for us, every game we feel is a rivalry. We want to to do well and to play strong in, in every game. Uh, this one particularly also because the result of the first game, we didn't really digest it. I think that it was... Uh, we made mistakes, of course, but uh, I think it was... Uh, it didn't reflect my opinion how the game went. So, if nothing else for that as well, you know we want to um, to have a, to have a rematch. And uh, we know that, uh, given that he's a very close city, is is uh, the closest thing that we have to a derby. And uh, there, there is rivalry, of course.
1: Next up, let's hear from Tiago Almada. Tiago had a brilliant match against Charlotte earlier in the season and I ask him about what challenges Charlotte can present and what opportunities Atlanta United has to repeat what they did at Bank of America Stadium earlier in the season. Here's Tiago Almada.
3: No, creo que que tenemos que, que encontrar el equipo que fuimos en los primeros partidos, que le ganamos a Charlotte, tratar de do hacerlo de la misma manera y, y nada, es el momento de, de demostrar cada uno para...
4: I think we have to find the the same team uh, that we were in that first game um, and I think it's a good moment for us to, to show uh, as a team and also each one of us what we're made of.
1: Following along that thread here's Gonzalo Pineda talking about his relationship with Tiago Almada and the conversations that they have both on and off the field. Here's Gonzalo Pineda.
2: Well, I have multiple conversations with Tiago. I mean, I don't know if you saw today, I was having another one, uh, at times he's, uh, you know, inside, at times even WhatsApp, you know, like we talk continuously, I try to have good communication with uh, as many players as I can. Um, and uh, with Tiago, is little details at times, we don't always talk about football, At times it's just spaces where I want him to be. At times some other patterns that he can be creating. At times he's telling him how the teams are adjusting to him. The last game Ruiz was on top of him every play, a very physical player, young, energy, just almost man for man against Thiago, so how he can adjust to those situations. The more and more he plays, more teams are going to be aware of him, how he can create now a space for others, and from there he can create his own space. Um, You know, at times, even when he's shooting on top of the box, you saw Miami had like seven players on top of him, 10 players inside the box for them and then just on top of Thiago. Uh, So so how he can adjust to that, how he can do better. Little things like that, yes, in football we talk um, little plays, uh, but at times we just talk about certain things, you know, personal or, you know, for the future, plans, stuff like that.
1: One more from Gonzalo. Here is Pineda's thoughts on Charlotte this weekend. As it won't be the same team that we saw earlier this season back in March up in the Queen City. Here's Gonzalo Pineda on Charlotte FC this weekend.
2: Well, they changed a little bit. First of all, uh, Copetti will be out, Jones will be out. I mean, Colina is back, so that that helps with the distribution and the, you know, um, from playing out from the back. Uh, Bronico was playing left back, so, you know, who's going to play? A couple. Question marks that we have, that that we don't know exactly what they're going to present. I mean, Shinjashiki is not anymore; is not in the team, so they they, they have some options. I think tactically they are similar. Um, yes, they were without those personnel changes, then the behaviors change at times for the team. So I think it's going to be a team that is going to play out from the back better, just because Kalina. Um, so how we press, when we press, the triggers to press uh, are going to they're going to have their nuances, uh, but uh, other than that, I think still a team that pressing a 4-4-2, 4-2-3-1 maybe, if no, if no um, uh, Copetti, so maybe it's, you know, someone has a 10, and then you know Swiderski has a 9. Like They can do a couple of things there, but I think it's similar patterns of pressing and triggers they have. Uh, and I think we're going to be prepared.
1: More Atlanta United players spoke to the media this week. You're going to hear from Juan Parata and Amar Sadic in our next segment. Juan Parata asked about the balancing act between center backs trying to build up the play and playing long, skipping lines of pressure, but also playing more direct and and playing more 50-50 balls further down the field. And Amar Sadic, I ask him about counter pressure and how in these last couple of weeks maybe that wasn't as strong for Atlanta United as it's been in previous matches this season, including the match in Charlotte. Here's Juan Oparata and Amar Sadic.
4: No,
3: no, I think the team likes to, to play uh, from behind, uh, to build up. And um, we have to take risks. It's a game. Uh, we, yeah, we like taking risks in, in, in the game, during the game. We always went, want to, to have the ball mm. to start building from 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 the back and yeah sometimes uh, we're gonna play good i mean the the, the back line we, we're gonna find those
4: those passes and sometimes we have another team in front and maybe they press us good or maybe they they let us
3: play but we are always uh, trying to to play.
4: That's our that's our style. Uh, I always think we can improve. Um, for me, counter pressure is very important. I, I just think that um, the five-second rule after you lose the ball, I think, is, is very important, especially in the middle of the field when it's lost, if everybody's on a sprint, finds the ball and, and covers up some space, you win that ball, and then you can have another counter attack right there. Um, I think – I mean, it's not uh, – haven't really been insanely focused on or like trying to s- visualize it in the in the videos I've been watching, but uh, I, I think it's always something that you can improve for sure, both individually and as a team. I think we can. can... You describe the, the five second. One? Yeah, uh, I mean basically, say if there's a turnover in the middle third, to the final third of the field, as soon as that turnover happens, guys swarm. The guy who's nearest to the ball has to press the ball. If the ball progresses, that guy moves on to the to the next press, and then for that five seconds, everybody's on a sprint. You recover the ball and then you establish possession again.
1: Two more clips from Christian Latanzio. First on adding our old friend Justin Merrum to the Charlotte roster. And on Latanzio's faith and maybe that being justified by recent performances from Camille Yusviak. Here's Christian Latanzio on Justin Merham and Camille Yusviak.
3: Very well. Very very good. I'm very happy with Justin. Because, uh, first of all, from uh, from a personal point of view, because he's a guy that brings uh, good energy, positivity, experience. And uh, I hope that he's enjoying uh, his time in Charlotte, even though he just arrived as much as we are enjoying his, his input. So I'm very happy with him. As a player, he's a player that I knew before. I knew his characteristics and I liked the he can be a technician for us a guy that brings this technical element uh that give us more technicality to to our game and uh, i welcome that this is something that i wanted so all in all i have to say justin has been positive just uh, early days but with a guy like him with the experience that he has you can tell from day one that he is is uh, a veteran in the league yeah I think that, uh, honestly, I think we live in a world that uh, (laughs) people want to have things right here, right now. And I think that uh, life doesn't work like that. At least this is what I learned with a bit of experience. I think that you have to look deeply into situation and uh, in life in general and to give people time to adjust and to know each other. And uh, people are too often ready to jump to conclusion when they don't have enough elements. They just comment about what they see. And, and we don't take time to observe really and to give us time to reflect. I could see Camille uh, doing well also last season. At the end of last season, it was when we played one of the, our more complete games against Philadelphia when score four goals. I think Camille was instrumental in many of those moments and you can tell that uh, he was growing as a player and then I know that people were starting to have a at him because of numbers, because of DP status, but uh, if you observe the way he played, the way he contributes, it was just a matter of time for me uh, and also he's, uh, he's a relatively young still he came here uh, out of an injury. Unfortunately, when he joined us, he was uh, still injured, and so he didn't have the easiest of the start. And also with him, it's my—I also had some, you know, we had some frank discussions, so to speak. But uh, it was a, a way of knowing each other. And then the more I know him, the more I, I am um, convinced that this guy has got many, many qualities that I like, in which I believe, that I trust. And so I'm not surprised. I'm not doing, I'm not saying this because I want to have a revenge against nobody. I, I'm just focused to get the best of, the, of each player that uh, I have in the squad. So um, I'm not going out to, to have a revenge about no one. This is not the way I like to live my life. This is not my style. I, I like to go and get the best out of everybody if I can. This is uh, my focus.
1: Thanks to both Atlanta United and Charlotte FC for making players and coaches available to the media. Thank you to the managers, Christian Latanzio and Gonzalo Pineda. And thank you to Atlanta United players, Tiago Almada, Amar Sadich, and Juano Parata, for speaking with the media this week. A couple of thoughts from me as we go into this one. And I want to go back to the, the comments from Amar uh when I asked him about counter pressure. I think in the last two games on the road, and and you could even throw the Chicago game into this to a degree, I think you faced three teams that really did not try to play out of the back. It took the counter pressure away from Atlanta United to a degree. Now, Charlotte is a team that generally does like to play from the back. At home and on the road, two different scenarios, though. How much will they try to build out of the back in this match at Mercedes-Benz Stadium? That's a big question coming into it, because if they try to build up the play out of the back, which is their personality, they're, they're one of the leading teams in possession in Major League Soccer in 2023, Atlanta's counter pressure can become a bigger factor in the match. Miami didn't really try to build out of the back. Nashville doesn't try to build out of the back. Chicago didn't really try to build out of the back. So, Atlanta's counter pressure didn't really get an opportunity to activate. And we saw against Charlotte earlier this year, counter pressure and a Mercedes led it to create the opening goal. Jumping into the passing lane, knocking the ball forward, not letting Charlotte breathe, that was huge for Atlanta United in that match. And it can be huge in this one if Charlotte tries to build up the play. If they don't, Then you're looking to win those 50-50s. You're looking to win those duels, whether it's Santiago Sosa or Franco Ibarra in the midfield. The center-back pairing, we'd expect Miles Robinson, who is leading Major League Soccer in winning aerial duels alongside Juan Perrata, and we know how good Juan Perrata is in those aerial duels. First win, part of the equation. Second win and controlling the ball is the most important part of that. And it's something Atlanta United will have to do in this match against Charlotte if they decide to not try to invite the counter pressure and try to play over the top and play long. Now, they're not really built to do that in this game. They're missing Enzo Capetti. They're missing Derek Jones. Those are yellow card accumulation suspensions. They're also missing players potentially due to injury. Uh, They played in the midweek in the Lamar Hunt US Open Cup. They advanced with a win over Orlando. So where are the legs for Charlotte? What is the lineup going to look like? And I think there's a ton of questions about this. And what is their approach going to be? Is it going to be true to their identity? Or is it going to vary because it has to in this game and because they're on the road? And like I talked about on Atlanta Soccer Tonight this, this week, Road form in Major League Soccer among Eastern Conference teams, and it's the same among the Western Conference teams, but slightly better than the East. Road form is really difficult this season. 16 wins from Eastern Conference teams on the road. That's all. That's it. Only three teams have more than one win. It's very, very difficult to get points on the road. Does Charlotte, after playing a midweek game, do they come in and sit back and defend? Hasn't really been their M.O. under Christian Latanzio, Will it be out of necessity in this one? Atlanta United, question mark in terms of Yorgos Yakamakis and what his availability could be. He is listed as questionable for this one. Uh, Osvaldo Alonso, Brad Gazan, both have returned to training, but they are listed as out for this match. Yakamakis listed as questionable. I'd be surprised if he started, but how much can he give if called upon? And if he doesn't start, and I'm not expecting him to, what is the combination up top for Atlanta United? Caleb Wiley is with the team for his last game before joining the USU 20 squad. Derek Etienne, Luis Araujo you're trying to get those guys going in a game like this, and you need production out of the number nine position, whether it's Miguel Berry, whether it's Machop Chol, whether it's a wild card, you've got to get more touches and more production in those situations midfield, I think Atlanta United's really blessed with choices here. Franco up back from concussion protocol. He trained fully this week. Santiago Sosa has played pretty well since returning to the starting lineup in Ibarra's absence. Amar Sadic, Mateus Hosetsu fighting tooth and nail to play the number eight role. We know Tiago Almada will be up top. We also know the fullbacks likely going to be Andrew Gutmann at left back with Caleb Wiley probably factoring in higher up the field as he did against Charlotte last time out. Gutman and Lennon getting forward, another big part of this team. How do you make the chances and the opportunities and everything that you expect to get out of playing the Atlanta United way, how do you make that count in a game like this? You've got to produce in the attacking half, and I think you've got to produce early and put games away. And that's the next step for this Atlanta United team. They're one of the leading teams in Major League Soccer in goals scored. They've scored in every match this season. They're also one of the worst teams in terms of conceding goals. And there is a bit of a trade-off that you have to make if you're going to commit numbers forward, but you've got to handle the transition moments a little bit better as well. And that's all part of the identity of a team. I'm going to leave you with this. And again, broadcast plans for this weekend. 7 o'clock, Five Stripes Countdown. 7.39 7.39 kickoff, full-time report to follow. You can listen on 92.9 The Game. You can listen on the Odyssey app. You can listen on the Atlanta United app. You can watch on Apple TV's MLS Season Pass, and you can even choose our game audio there. Just go to the audio selection and go to home team radio. But I'm going to leave you with this clip from Gonzalo Pineda, our own Joe Patrick, ask about the, you know, from a broad perspective, the the role of coaches because in the sport that we all love so much – Coaches aren't calling plays. Coaches don't have timeouts to use. Coaches can't bring everybody together on a regular basis and break out the the chalkboard and, and draw what they want players to do. Gonzalo speaks about that and he talks about this being a player's game but he also goes deeper into I think the idea of how Atlanta United wants to play. Really great clip. Uh, thanks to Joe for asking the question and thanks to Gonzalo Pineda for opening up and answering it this way. I'm going to leave you on this March to Match Day with Gonzalo Pineda talking about the role of coaches in the sport and how that relates to the team's idea and how they play. Adios everybody. I wanted to ask you soccer just by the nature of it the head coach you you don't have a ton of influence on the players as the game is going on as opposed to like football where you can draw up a play and they just do exactly what they're instructed to do so how do you influence a player to to express themselves in the way that you want to see tactically you know in cohesion with the rest of the team
2: well, it's a very abstract question, of course, <laughs> uh, and I don't know how abstract I can be with my answer. Because I think, uh, number one, the game, the football game, is, it belongs to the players. It's the player's decision. It's not the coach's decision. Now, how we can affect that is through the idea. I heard Menotti many times saying a football team is an idea. It's an idea. What is the idea? What is what are the identity of the team? How, what we want to accomplish in every game. So you have to pass that message to the players, understanding what type of football we want to play. Do we want to be parking the bus, waiting, playing at home 4 for two, four five one, defend, 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 counter when possible, maybe a set piece and that's how we're going to score goals? That type of football is exciting for us. Do we like to play that way? And if that is the plan, let's, let's train like that. If we want to be proactive, and even when we play away, we want to play off the back, we want to dominate in possession with the risk of getting transition moments, but we feel like being in control of the ball, being proactive to attack, uh, trying to create more chances than the opponent, that's the best way let's do it that's the idea then how you trim your training sessions how you pass your ideas your movements the positioning, occupying pockets of a space empty space on the field uh, spacing within the opposition shape how we attack certain spaces in the final third attack the back of the fullback attack, attack the back of the center backs some things that you can pass individually at the end of the day is the player's decision on the field what makes the difference so that's why it belongs to them we just give them the ideas trying to give them the tools in the training sessions the support emotionally emotive support from the bench um, they they have to believe that the coach believes in them as well they have to feel that passion and connection with the coach and and that's our our job but eventually as you said once the the, the referee whistle, is, it belongs to the, to the players. I can make softs, I can switch the tactics, but at the end of the day, the application of those tactics, the, the application of the softs, the application of, of the coaching points, it belongs to players. So it's the players' game.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.